Hello, everyone, and welcome to Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein, and seeing that it is the holiday season, the season of giving, Star Wars season, I have perhaps one of the greatest gifts of all. I am joined by the Paul Herman. Wow. Some of you may know him from the MCU fan show, The Saga Continues, or The Comic Binge. He is a true Star Wars historian, a keeper of canon continuity, <laughs> a Jedi master amongst Padawans. Oh, man. Provides- this is a, wow. You're going way above beyond here, man. Wow. <laughs> Uh, he Fix provides insightful mail, commentary on some of our favorite things on this podcast, like comics and cinema. Yes. But around here, we just know him as the catalyst because, Paul, you were the reason <laughs> I got into podcasting to begin with. I would like to extend even more thanks your way Aww. for force pushing me and telling me not to <laughs> let my feelings cloud my judgment. And the rest is in the Jedi archives, as they say. So, Paul, wow. thank you so much for being the person you are because your Aww. passion is infectious. And I am so Aww. excited to combine our passions today on this yes. episode. So, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I, I, I don't... I always like to see people, like, pursue things they love. And, and I'm, as, as someone who's pursuing something, I, I'm not going to go super... I'm not going to go in, into right now, but eventually, hopefully one day we'll, we'll uh, kind of reveal at some point that I'm pursuing something that is something that I'm not, <clears throat> I, I, I want to pursue something that I love, and, but I'm always, I was always afraid to try. And, uh, you know, when, I remember we were talking on, I think it was on Twitter, um, and I was just like, you know, you're kind of talking about podcasting, and I said, hey, man, you, you just got to do what you love, and that's something that really kind of always... I've always wanted to you know, help encourage people with is just, you know, no matter how scary or not even scary, because I think podcasting art isn't scary. It's just like, it's daunting more yeah. than anything. You know, it's like, you don't know, you don't know what you don't know. And because you don't know what you don't know, you are like, where do I start? And that's like one of the biggest things about, I think anything, any kind of project you work on, it's just daunting. And when, when you think about all the things you don't know, you just kind of, at least for me, I personally just will just shut down and I don't, yeah. I don't want to think about it or whatever. And through, you know, my years of playing music for so long, I really developed, you know, and figured out kind of not figured out, but just kind of realized just in art in general, what it's kind of like to do these projects and, you know, playing bands and music and putting out records and things like that. Like those things are, which I still have never really officially done, but just being close to that and, and trying to do that, it really takes us a lot of will and a lot of just pure, just nonstop. I'm just going to do it and, and keep doing it. And the only way you're going to get better is by doing it. You know, I mean, I remember playing music for so long and I I'd always felt like I was way crappier than all the people, all my peers. And, and I, I kind of, I have nights where I'd be like, well, I'm gonna, you know, whatever. And I'd be like, well, the only way I'm gonna get better is by doing it. And that's the thing I, I think that's what I told you. I was like, dude, just start doing it. I mean, that's the, that's the only way you're going to get better. And that's kind of what I realized. And when people kind of tell me like, Oh, I want to do podcasting. I want to do this. I'm just like, just do it. Like, stop. You know, everyone gives like Shia LaBeouf a lot of, a lot of hard times and maybe rightfully so, but he did those gifts, you know, that everyone like loves to, you know, use in funny ways, which granted they are funny. Right. But to be honest, I, I really think that he actually is kind of doing what I'm saying it too. But he's telling people, Hey, like you want to do something, just do it. You want to make a movie, make a movie, just do it. Like that's the, that really, he's not wrong. <laughs> and no. that's the thing is, is 
you don't want if you're out there and you want to draw you know you want to draw but you know whatever be a better artist well be a better artist go draw every day you know if you want to play music I could tell you firsthand, you're not going to be better by just playing an hour a week. You need to play like at least 20, 30 minutes, at least a day and just keep going. And you're going to build off of that. It's art. Art is kind of, you know, it's all different, but it's also kind of the same. The only way you're going to get better is by doing it, you know, more and more each day. You don't have to, you know, don't, don't clog it all at once, but just do it every little bit by day and you just build, keep building off of what you're doing. So like, I'm assuming for your show, you just start, you start building off, you know, one episode here, one episode there. And, and as you probably realize too, your podcast is going to develop and it's not going to be the same podcast. It was a month ago. You're going to develop it and go, well, I'm going to try this actually. I'm not going to, I'm going to, I'm going to drop this idea and do this. I mean, it's like anything things develop and they will change. And sometimes for the better, you know, or most times for the better. So yeah. And I'm really proud of you, man. Like you've just been doing it. I know our, our, I'm, I'm sure you know who Spencer is. Spencer is also doing lots of podcasts. I'm super proud of him. Um, yeah. You know, I just, anyone who like is doing something they love to do, regardless of, as long as it's not hurting people, obviously, but I mean, it goes without saying, but you know what I'm saying? If, if people are pursuing what they love to do, then, then like, that's what I want. I want to see that because that's what I want to do. So yeah, man, proud of you, dude. I'm, it's an honor to be on and it's, it really is humbling you saying those things. So I really appreciate it. And, you know, and that's why when you invited me on the show today, I was like, I have to, was, Alex is a homie. So I gotta, I gotta help him out. So, <laughs> or not help him out. I, 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 that's not what I meant. Well, I, I, no, I, mean, I like, think at the end of the day, it on. is going to turn out to be a helping out thing by the end of this. I ah. think the fans are going to see that uh, having you on the show is a benefit uh, though. They do send me lots of fan mail, lots of letters and, and tell me to keep doing what I'm doing. But that's awesome. Man. Uh, and, and we'll, well, no, I'm kidding. I haven't gotten a single letter, but, um, but no, I think a lot of what you're talking about too is uh, it's very uh, Star Warsy in that same sense. I think that's one of the, mm. the biggest messages of Star Wars is this idea that, you know, anyone can be a Jedi, right? Like that we learned that right. in the sequel trilogy, but it, it starts when they're little and they're force sensitive mm-hmm. or whatever. But again, you still see, you know, like Anakin where they said he was a little too old. So it's like, right. you were too old to learn it. But even then, like none of those Jedi ever, you know, lifted the Death Star the day, day one. Like they practiced with rocks right. and they learned mm-hmm. and then they kept practicing and pursuing the things that they wanted to do. So mm-hmm. uh, in a, a weird segue, that's going to lead us into what our topic is today. So guys, we <laughs> are talking about the rise of Kylo Ren. This is a four issue series on uh, Marvel Unlimited. You can catch it. It's by Charles Sewell and Will Sliney. And uh, it's so it's four issues came out last year, but it is on Marvel Unlimited right now. And it essentially details, as it says, the rise of Kylo Ren. So uh, I wanted to get Paul in on this because, uh, as I've said, I, I, I get a lot of questions about Star Wars in my mind. And like I said, there's only <laughs> one person that I know that can answer these questions. And I wanted to have him on for this specific mm-hmm. series because I saw how popular it was. And I was very concerned. Mm-hmm. Maybe there would be something in here, a big reveal. Um, and I, and I'll, I'll start with this, too, to say that there are going to be we'll be talking spoilers about this year old comic. So uh, if you haven't <laughs> read it, uh, go check it out. If not, I always say, like, feel free to just listen to us and get excited about it and then maybe wait yeah. a week and then read it again because you'll probably forget about what we said. So it's a good point. Uh, yeah, that's actually a good way, idea. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I learned that when I was younger because I got spoiled. All the, I spoiled myself all the time with the Marvel movies. Uh, and mm. I started just being like, hi, hey, you know what? What if I just forget about it? And then I'd forget about it and I, I would and it worked. 
it was awesome. Dude, that's kind of like with me and, and spoilers in general. Like, oh, I avoid spoilers now. I used to be really, you know, into spoilers, but now I'm not. And when I see stuff, I just kind of don't pretend. I just kind of treat it like not a big deal. Like, yeah. oh. And, then, and because I do that, I definitely forget. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot. I remember yeah. that. It's, it's, if you don't make it a big deal, you probably will forget. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's awesome. You just, you know, you look at the spoiler and go, huh, all right, that's cool. We'll see if that happens. And then yeah, you know, it, forget yeah. about it, move on. Yeah. And then you just, you forget and go, oh, yeah, I forgot that happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's like magic. Exactly. Like the force. It is uh, a force. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, we'll start out. I'm, I'm gonna just. I'll kind of briefly just go over. And I, I, I was thinking about maybe just going issue by issue, but I think I'm just gonna go over the overall story that I, I read. Yeah, the I think twice. It's, yeah. And uh, so essentially, what it is is uh, we're, again we're detailing Kylo Ren in uh, a couple bits. I wanted to point out too, just you know, for the audience and for you as well. So Kylo Ren was born uh, in five ABY, which is after the Battle of Yavin. The Mandalorian takes place in nine. ABY. And this story itself takes place in 28 ABY. So that's get the juices flowing on that because I'm wondering if if I keep feeling like there's going to be some sequel trilogy stuff in uh, in the Mandalorian. I think we're getting there with the last episode or, or one of the last ones with the uh, the clones and the tubes. But just to know that's kind of, you know, all of this is kind of going out at the time. Uh, unknown at this point if Ahsoka is still alive during the story. But Kylo Ren is, uh, as we all know from The Last uh, Jedi, Kylo Ren kind of wrecked shop at the Jedi Temple, disavowed Luke, said, I'm no longer your Padawan, I'm done with this and uh, left. And so everyone was wondering why, what the whole premise was behind that. So the first issue kind of goes over uh, the Knights of Ren and Ren himself, who I have mixed feelings about. Now, I'll be curious to tell me what you think about him. I I was expecting him to be a bigger deal, but he kind of felt like more of a catalyst than like a main player, so to speak. Like he he essentially is the reason that Kylo Ren became the king of the, the Knights of Ren in a sense. Uh, more so, you know, we don't really know a lot about his backstory. We know that he's sort of force sensitive. He's got a red lightsaber. He wears this helmet and he believes that when you uh, basically that you should kill people in a sense, right? Like he wants you to have a good right. death. He wants you, if you're going to join the night, you need to prove it by killing somebody and making it a good death, which I guess there's a nobility in that, but it's still obviously really messed up. Um, and so the, the whole thing kind of opens up with him testing some people and they, they don't, pass, right. they both, they die. Uh, and he says, well, my, he says, my master will bring me somebody at some point. Um, is that Snoke? Yeah, that's what I took it as. Okay, There's the, This whole story, it, it, it's funny, Alex, because I, I, I like this comic a lot, just for, for the record. And we'll, and we'll, yeah. and we'll obviously d- break this whole mother down. But the thing about this comic is I hadn't read it in a while. And so obviously we ha- I hadn't really had to read it all at once. I think I read it all once a while ago, but I've had even more time to like sit with a sequel trilogy and see everyone's complaints and, you know, about rise of Skywalker, which, you know, full, you know, full None here. Yeah. No. Yeah. And for people who don't know, if, if Alex, I mean, he sounds like you're a fan. I didn't know you're. Yeah. Paul, actually, you're in a safe space here on comics and cinema. This is a pro rise of Skywalker podcast. Oh, so. Yes. Excellent. Welcome. Well, I can tell you right. Yeah. Yeah. I love that movie to death. And it, to me, it saved the sequel trilogy and agreed. And, you know, I, I granted, like, I know there's a lot, of, I, I argue, you probably hear on the Saga continues, me and Kyle, I always rip on Saga, The Last Jedi, just to rip at Kyle, because he tries to, like, you know, 
I don't know. I just, it, I think for some reason, like I think Rise of Skywalker, everyone can just rip on it, but I think it's even funner to rip on Last Jedi because I feel like it's so, just so many left turns that like Ryan Johnson tries to nail and just, in my opinion, just fails. But again, that's just my opinion. But the Rise of Skywalker, obviously, this comic is is obviously heavily tied with that because. It has Knights of Ren, and even though Knights of Ren have that ridiculous shot of them on top of the the, the rocks for no reason, which again I have totally agree that that, that shot is ridiculous and, and but whatever. Still but cool. it's it, exactly I, I don't I'm like whatever it's it's cinema like that's the thing with JJ is like he does everything in a very like mainstream like epic you know it doesn't have to make sense where that's not really necessarily how george would have done it maybe necessarily or anyone else in so far in star wars but to me it's it's like whatever i'm not i'm not if that's the thing you're gonna complain about then that's fine i'm not gonna i can't argue that but but anyway the knights of ren are obviously and and they're kind of tied with kylo ren making their full little more of an appearance in that movie it's heavily tied to this comic and so when i read it you know, me and the Saga Continues guys always talk about, you know, what you can do to flesh out the sequel trilogy. Well, with the sequel trilogy and then these Knights of Rain characters, it, I was, as I was reading this for this podcast, again, rereading it, I just forgot, like, kind of what you said about how, who is the Knights of Ren master? And I always assumed it was Snoke slash the Emperor. And that's kind of what I kind of, you know, they, but they don't know it's the Emperor. They just know it's Snoke. Right. That's how, that's what they, that's what, how I interpret it. And, and so, because, and the thing right now we're having in Star Wars is that, you know, Sidious has had Darth Vader, he's had like a lackey, and then he's also had the Inquisitors now. We've already had that established. And that's kind of what I look at the Knights of Ren a little bit. They're kind of like keeping people, he's, it's like he's, he's using Snoke to do his bidding. <clears throat> but he's also using the Knights of Ren as like the hammer. And as we know, Luke even references them as a hammer, like, right? Like, you know, you use the dark side as a hammer. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because they're being manipulated by the dark side to be a hammer at the, at the same time. Uh, so that's kind of my take on it with, with the Knights of Ren anyway. I think that there, there's a lot of manipulations with this and we'll kind of, I'll dive deeper into what, what I think and what I think it could mean and, what you could do with it, I think, story-wise with Star Wars as well. But the Knights of Ren are, this character Ren is, is very, yeah, when you want to dive deeper into him, let me know. But yeah, I think Snoke is definitely uh, is definitely the one and master of them. But I think, obviously, it's, it's the Emperor. But I think he's even manipulating them more, not just through Snoke, but I think through the Force, kind of like in this comic, if you will, So with Ben. But anyway. Yeah. No, I think I, I think you nailed it in that sense because I, I think that's the one thing that sort of delineates the sequel trilogy is is you don't realize it until the last movie, but it makes you appreciate all of them more when you realize everything that the Emperor was doing. And so to mm. think that like, you know, the Emperor was essentially manipulating Ben from the very beginning, even with the Knights of Ren, if that's the case. If if Snoke's kind of the one manipulating the knights, then obviously Sidious is the one who's doing it. And right. uh, so, you know, them hearing it and all that is is pretty crazy but um but the one thing i wanted to dive in i guess before before we get into ren is uh this whole temple scene so in the first mm. the first uh, issue uh we get to see kind of what happened when the temple you know blows up and uh luke again i guess tries to kill kylo and we you know we, we don't really get anything about that here obviously you can watch the movie but there was a- oh he didn't no, but Kyle, he didn't attempt to murder remember he didn't that's, that's what Kyle tries to tell me 
but you no, know, no BS. But anyway, continue. Right. No, exactly. And that's where I'm like looking through here and I'm like, okay, you know, it's, they still, he does, Charles does not do that better, good of a job of, of convincing us one way or the other, because you don't even really see it. It's only in like a flashback panel of right, Luke right. standing over him. But there's this bit where, you know, the whole, the, the temple that he's with, with Luke kind of blows up and then he's fighting his, uh, his friends, those three other Jedi who kind of follow him throughout the book. Um, and even then we still are seeing the Ben Solo of like, you know, oh, I'm, I'm a bad boy, but I, right. I don't know if I really want to be a bad boy. But uh, he, watches, <laughs> he watches the other temple explode. And uh, he's got like red in his eyes and there's like a red cloud over the temple and then the temple mm-hmm. blows up. And I don't believe that that was uh, uh, his doing. I think mm-hmm. that was Snoke's, and it's a big, I mean, it's this big explosion at the end. It's on page 25. And he's basically screaming out to the wind, why did you do it? Screaming out to Luke, why did you do this? And then the, the temple explodes, like the whole thing. Was that Snoke exploding this temple? Th- th- that, I think it's the Emperor, obviously. Or the, okay, or I would buy that, because I was like, there's no way Snoke could do that sort of thing if he's no. the puppet that he is. Well, it's interesting because you wonder, and this is where I, it's funny. I was thinking to myself, Alex, how much is this to be for us to be? Um, what's the word? Our interpretation, like it's it's or excuse me, it's meant to be not literal. Or, uh, you don't really know what caused it, right. but you know, but you know it's not Ben. Like how? To me, it's obviously through the Emperor, but you also got then you think about well, why didn't you do this sooner? And but then I also think about. I think he knew he needed the, the dark side to grow more for him to do it. And the only way for that to happen is manipulating Ben. And once he manipulated Ben, he then he could figure out a way to kill him off the Jedi. And that's one way of doing it because he had such a close tie to him for whatever reason or, yeah. or whatever. Um, and, and that's the way I see it. I actually love, I love that idea though at the same time, because I love the fact that they, it's not spelled out. And that's one thing I know if you listen to me and Sean's old uh, Rise of Skywalker reviewer, he's, we're basically just yelling at each other for like, you know, an hour. I enjoyed that. I was rooting for you the whole time. And listen, there's no one, and that's the thing, with, when, you're, when you're arguing about something subjective, it's just a matter of like, you know. Where's the common it, ground? Exactly. And, 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 you know, here's the thing. Like, Sean, he came in, he wanted something and didn't get it and he was and he didn't like the way it was presented. I right. came in wanting something and I got a lot of what I wanted. Not everything, but a lot of it and I really enjoyed it. And you know, it's, it's so you have two people, you know, you could say something was terribly written, I could say, you know, it, it's it, it's all subjective, you know, and and Rise of Skywalker to be to be fair, I I I'm actually surprised there's, you know, it's more split than I, you know, or not more than I thought, but it's split, but it's not like this predominantly hated movie i still see a lot of people defend it too it's it's one of those weird things where you know so many people land blast it but at the same time there's a there's a still a decent amount of people who who, who like it you know and so again it, it's like to me last Jedi and, and rise of skywalker are very much the same film but on opposite ends yeah for that's each a good, side. that's a good way of looking at it, it and I, it, i'll the, say for the record yeah. i liked both of them and you know and here's the thing like i 
Last Jedi is just, yeah, I don't want to get into it right now. No, I know. know. It was definitely a left turn is what I'll say. I I think, and and this is one of the questions actually that we're going to get to when we're done talking about the comics. So hopefully you have some time on your hands because I do have some to run over with you with this. But one of the the big things that I I was going to talk about that I think is pertinent now is Mm -hmm. my, I I don't know if you know this, but my my favorite trilogy is the, is the prequel trilogy. I'm a huge prequel Mm -hmm. trilogy fan. I think that's probably because I was, you know, I saw those ones when I was little in theaters. Sure. Actually, yeah. I got to see the first movie on a bootleg VHS uh, before it came <laughs> to theater. So I've got some good That's memories amazing. around it. But, uh, but they're also really good movies if you look at them the right way. And I think one of the, sure. the best ways to look at them, especially now, they're a very timely look at politics and the political system that we have right now in America as well of, you mm. know, some grasping at power, staying in power for too long, the way the Senate gets manipulated, all that stuff. The fact that somebody like Jar Jar Binks and, you know, other unnamed people, I would say in real life can just Mm -hmm. rise through the ranks in government and get to where they're going. Great. But I I think one of the big pieces of Star Wars with that is this idea that these people in power, whether they're Mace Windu or Emperor Palpatine, trying to tell people what the force is. And I think Mm. this is another instance of that where you've got people who use the dark side, which again, you could just argue as a a more powerful light side, right? Like you can do a lot more things with it, but you don't necessarily Mm. have to be a bad person to use it. But these people in power use the dark side to manipulate those other people into turning into just bad people versus just regular force users. And so I think this scene is a really big moment and I'm looking Mm -hmm. at it right now. It 100% is the emperor because you've got a giant cloud and just Mm -hmm. the biggest lightning crack, which we see in Rise of Skywalker too. So it would make sense to me. The emperor plays the long game. He always has for him to essentially just the same way that a lot of people fall prey to like conspiracy theories on social media, little by little that trickle effect of like, you know, Snoke is in his mind during the plane flight in the next issue and, and talking mm-hmm. with him like a friend. And like, just it's, you see that sort of stuff in real life too, where these people have good intentions. They want more for themselves. That's kind of Ben's story, but he's not mm-hmm. a bad person, but he just gets manipulated by these other people who, again, he doesn't even know who this person is that is being manipulated by until probably what, a couple years later when he meets him on uh, Exegol? Yeah, Exegol, yeah. yeah. Well, it, it, to me, it, and this is reading this comic was <clears throat> again because we're when I again when I was reading reading, reading this the other day I I I'm actually getting back into reading more physical comics I and I have my I've been, I've mainly been buying you know digital for years now but I've been going back and buying some of my more favorite books on um, comic books on, on physical uh, you know whatever but yeah. what's hilarious is with star wars i've always bought in the physical trades because i have my canon shelf that i've been collecting all the star wars canon that has oh, yeah. like a, a way to present which I, I think has just been a lot of fun and i, I really enjoy doing that um i buy all the comic trades but i haven't really read them i just read them digitally but it's hilarious because i went and i read you know this trade physically you know for the first time I read the I read it the first time oh, uh, the comics the first okay. time yeah, and it was a great experience. I, I just love obviously I love comic books, so it's a uh, it was really cool kind of reading Charles Soule, and I'm a big Charles Soule fan. Oh um, yeah, I oh, love yeah. Soule. Uh, Did you pre-order Light of the Jedi? Oh, for sure. Oh, for, okay, yeah, cool. come on, man. Cool, yeah. Cool. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I, I, yeah I, I, it's my canon still. I got I to get it for the canon. But no, <laughs> uh, but no, I, the uh, I, I don't read books much. Uh, Star Wars books are the only things I pretty much read or that or basically like biographies or history pieces or whatever. But uh, 
But Charles Soule, you know, it, he's been mainly doing this, you know, his, he did a creator owned thing with Scott Snyder. And then he did, uh, obviously, he's done mostly Star Wars comics. He's got away from, you know, doing superhero stuff or whatever, but a few creator owned things, but mainly doing uh, uh, Star Wars, which is crazy. And so Rise of Kylo Ren was interesting when I was reading it. And I've all, I love Soul. His Star Wars stuff is. Oh yeah, second and none, really. At this point, I think he's probably the best Star Wars comic writer, possibly ever. Oh, I'd agree. Uh, I would agree with you. I heard your uh, commentary on that on that Saga Continues episode. I, I was I was fist pumping the whole time. I was like, finally. So I feel like people don't talk about him enough because they don't. He just I don't. I I have not read something of his that I haven't enjoyed. I mean, some of it has been like, okay, this is okay, but for the most yeah. part, I'm like. Oh wow! This is like his books are mm. great. Uh, mm. Undiscovered Country is phenomenal. His Star Wars. I need to right read that. Yeah. Um, and then his Daredevil run was really good. Yeah, I liked his Daredevil run for the most part. It got it, it got away from him. I think a few I, times. I agree. I agree. But he but wrapped it up nice. I thought he did too. And again, it was and it, it, he did his own take on it. It, it very much. People love the, love the lot uh Mark Wade and, and Samney, and, and I, I like Samney's artwork a lot, but I'm not a big fan of Wade's Daredevil run. And when and when Soul took over, to me, it felt like, oh, this is kind of more of the Daredevil I love. And I really liked Blindspot a lot. I'm a big yes. Blindspot fan. I, I, I really, and I love like, the, the Ten Fingers character. Like He created some really cool oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, that's right. But yeah, right? But the thing is, I thought the very end is just got a, he yeah it got a little away from him when they brought in like his uh, the the anti hand people that, oh that yeah, was, yeah yeah I forgot what they're called uh, like the, the arm or something something yeah the, some yeah, other yeah, appendage arm yeah, yeah. something <laughs> like that I don't know what it is but that, and again it wasn't terrible it wasn't great but there were some great moments he I love the fact he wasn't afraid to try something different um, with the character um, but anyway his Star Wars stuff is second to none i think his star was obviously his dark theater run is phenomenal and when they announced the start this kylo ren run it was something that was like oh man like this is going to be something really special because his Darth vader run is maybe the best star wars comic ever made yep. and i'll argue that and debate that with anyone they'll lose because it's it's the only thing that's like it's not subjective it's the truth yeah that last um, issue of like all the flashbacks to all the prequel movies and so and um oh everything God. it's so so um so yeah so when what I reason bring all that up is when I was kind of like, Oh yeah, I love Charles soul. I opened it up and it said special thanks to JJ Abrams. And I just, I meant to go look on and honestly uh, for interviews about this, because I want to know what Charles said about knowing how much, how much did he know and how much did he have to you know, know from JJ Abrams? Not like, not JJ himself necessarily, but, because the one thing that you got to realize, and, and it's been kind of evident, is that JJ operated on his own thing. Like he did not, he didn't divulge to Lucasfilm really much of what he was doing. He did what he wanted to do, and they just kind of went with it. That's yeah. kind of how it worked. So when, and that again, and I think that was a, definitely a detriment to the sequel trilogy as a whole. And not just JJ, but Ryan Johnson too. I think everyone's to blame for not being on the same page and not trying to at least get on the same page, but just being like, no, we're going to do our own thing. Um, so that being said, I was wondering, I'm like, how much of Kylo Ren in this story is actually thought up from JJ? Like, so, it, so basically, like, again, going back to the scene with 
the lightning going down on the on the Jedi temples and destroying the temples and all that stuff. How much of that is JJ? Is that all JJ just telling him like what happened? And then Charles is just kind of manipulating the story a little bit. Like, okay, I'm going to add this and get this. I just don't know. And it got me thinking, you know, this, this whole comic got me thinking, but this scene in particular is like, you know, this isn't a pivotal scene because it's not showing Ben do anything. Yeah. <laughs> like he didn't destroy the temple. That's what Luke says in, you know, in the last Jedi. Or, oh, he took, my, he took the temple and took my students. That doesn't happen at all. Like, in fact, like, we don't know if that didn't happen. Again, I'll get into that maybe later. But it's, it's just really interesting that it doesn't really happen. And we get the different idea of, like, Ben maybe didn't destroy the temple and, and maybe isn't as evil as we thought. But I also think that's to also to set up the fact that he's able to turn at the very end of Rise of Skywalker. Sure. So I, I don't know. And I'm very curious, that, again, if that is something that, is this Charles came up with? Like they said, you can't don't show him to sort the temple or, but my own, and again, I, I, maybe he, Charles will, will have said what, you know, what is what if JJ is or whoever's in charge, but it leads me to think that like, I don't think that was a Charles thing. That seems like that would be a JJ thing. Hmm. In my I could, I could see that too. And I, I mean, my guesses would be JJ probably told him about the emperor and that's why you've got emperor bits throughout the story. Yeah. And then that whole yeah, thing yeah. too, about the, the Jedi temple for sure. Yeah. That makes total sense. And, and uh, it really does. I mean, reading this prior to reading or even prior to seeing any of the sequel movies would definitely yeah. make you look at Ben differently if you hadn't already, I feel like there are some out there that were like, for me, I never, I never thought that Ben was like a Sith. I mean, the, the fact that he was the kid of, of Leia and Han, I was like, there's no way, like he's gonna, something's going to happen at some point. So I was never just expect, even when he killed his dad, I was like, no, like he, he's going to have some come around or turn around. Um, but yeah, but so they, you know, and then we move, we move a little further on in here and we show up to kind of the big reveal at the end, which is this giant like space station. That's a, a, arboreum or something some big you know plant-based area where snoke is uh wearing is his sunday best uh, which is including like a weird pith helmet and i'll i'll say this i i don't hate the art i i find the art fine i mean i i think listening to your podcast i think we have the same sort of taste in artists mm -hmm. um but there's some spots in here that were a little off for me with snoke yeah, Snoke he just, looks, he looks he look, weird. Yeah, he looks, and especially with the hat, like I kept waiting for him to, he looked just like a British, like a chub hat sort of thing. Like my dad mm -hmm. wears those and I, I just don't see Snoke wearing them. But he gets to this bit where he says, there's two things I was curious about in here. So he, so he says, Snoke, look what Master Luke did to you. And mm -hmm. he sees his yeah. face and he says, never mind that young Ben, but he passes it off. But is that, I don't think Luke caused that. I think that's no, just no, him no, being no. a clone. Yeah, I, that, again, going back into what we said before is there's a lot of things in here that's not explained that they kind of hint at. Right. And, and again, I, I feel like I'm dancing around this cause there's, there's a, there's a real heavy conversation that needs to happen. So I want to save it to the end yeah. or, or towards clear, no, closer to the end. So let's keep reviewing, but yes, put a pin in this just like in the temple being burned down from a giant cloud all that stuff. Let's put a pin in that stuff. Cause this is all, these are all big points, but continue. Yeah, no, uh, thank you. Uh, I agree. And I, there's a couple of other things too, that I, I had been thinking about as well. Uh, all of them around that, like there, you're right. There's just, there's so many bits in here where they say something and you're, you know, your mind kind of perks up and then they move on and you're like, wait, what? Like, 
I thought you were going to kind of dive in. Like they know that we're looking for the Easter eggs and Charles is very good about giving you just enough to make you keep reading to find out more, but he never tells you the whole thing. And uh, there's this piece in the second episode where uh, I always call the comics episodes, but um, the second issue uh, where he talks about with, with Ren, he's or Kylo, he's talking about the, his name. And he says this bit that I thought was really cool. And then he starts talking. He says, I was not born Snoke. I became Snoke. So mm-hmm. I'm yeah. over there. I'm wondering, okay, well then does he know that he is a clone or how, like how much knowledge does he have? What's that based off of? And again, are these, is this him in Mandalorian? I think it is. But mm-hmm. uh, he says this thing when, when Kylo says, you know, I've got a name in my mind. Uh, and, and he reads his mind and is like, ooh, that's a good name. He goes, well, I don't think so, because I kind of came up with that name as a kid. And Snoke says, children's thoughts are pure. They do not practice self-deception. They are who they are. And I just, mm-hmm. I, that put me on my butt when I read it. I was like, yeah, like okay, Snoke. Like, he, fine that he's a master manipulator, but like, he does have some good perspective, because that he's not wrong. Like, that's a really no, he's good not. point, especially for someone like Kylo, who's so hinged on legacy like why, yeah. why would he not want to hang on to something that he you know thought of when he was a kid yeah that was a very interesting thing and i really like that again they're teasing us with these things and i'm just like, like right, what? exactly you know it, it's it's crazy but i thought that was very again the first thing i think of is okay i love what they're what they're hinting at here is that this is this dark side uh, mentality or dare I say character that he becomes um, he thought of the name Kylo before when he was a child and what, and again, I, I immediately think like, what does that mean for, for him? And where did that name come from? Where, what, what inspired that name exactly? So again, I don't know. And I don't think it's, I don't think it came from the emperor necessarily either. So there's again, lots of to chew on with that, with that whole idea of, again, what the, what is that name? Obviously it's Kylo, but where, where does it originate from? What's the story behind it? So yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I like, and, and like you said, what Snoke said, really well-written stuff there. Oh really yeah. Well-written stuff. Yeah. And so he, um, and so from there he kind of tells him like, Hey, I'm thinking about joy. And this is where I was like, okay, all right. Like this is like a club. He's like, I'm thinking Snoke's like his dad. He's like, or he's like the fun (laughs) uncle. He's like, so what are you thinking about doing this summer? And he's like, well, I'm thinking about joining the Knights of Ren. And he's like, okay, well, that sounds like just the right path for you. Uh, just remember you better join or you're going to die. And so I just like hats off to the emperor and also to Snoke for being like, they're such a, they're like laissez faire bad guys when it, in the beginning. Like, and I think that's why they're so good at that long game is right. with all of these people that they manipulate, most of their manipulation is just letting them do what they want and then poking them at the right moment. And sure. it, it, it was really interesting to me. Like, he's never mean to him. He like hugs him and calls him his friend. And then we get to the scene where they're now, it's back when he's a kid with Luke in the ship. And he's like uh, mind chatting with Snoke and same thing. Like Mm -hmm. Snoke's like, is all well, my friend? And it's like, okay, he's like a nice guy to him, but Mm -hmm. you know, he knows what his end game is. And I almost wonder though, if, if he would have been a different person, had Snoke maybe pushed him a little more again, based Mm -hmm. only on what we've read. But uh, there's a bit here too, that I I was curious on your thoughts are, what Mm -hmm. do you think of Luke Skywalker in this? Uh, I really liked him. 
Yeah. I, to be honest, I really liked how his, I felt his characterization was a natural progression of what I thought Luke would be. Yeah. Um, and again, I, I don't want to bring last shit out of this, but Do uh, no, I, I, it's, it, it's tiresome. I, I'm just, you know, again, it, I don't know if you listened to the last episode, just for the record, for people who want to know, and if you don't know who I am, um, which again, there's probably some people out there who listen to the show and who might not know, um, you know, whatever. Uh, but so if you don't, I'm not the biggest fan of last Jedi, but I I've gone on record saying, I don't have a problem with Luke's characterization necessarily in the last Jedi. It's why he's there and how it, how it's told this you know and i i don't mind the idea of him feeling like he failed and all that stuff it's it's you know again why and how he got there i i yeah. think it is one of the worst things ever written in nonfiction. um uh you know or uh fiction friction excuse me uh you know whatever uh whatever it's what it is um but yeah like it just in anything like that for, you know these big franchises i think it's one of the biggest botches and ever um but that being said i don't necessarily just hate this characterization but reading these comic books uh i love i love this characterization of, of luke and i love it when he meets the knights of ren and he just destroys them now oh yeah for the, now i want to say for the record this is the problem with the sequel trilogy and i and and, and even though i i think we all can fault all, Kathleen Kennedy, J.J. Abrams, Ryan Johnson. I, we can fault all of them, to be honest. Larry Kasdan, Michael Arndt, to be, to, to, to be fair. Because Michael Arndt was the first person to kind of say this. He said, the problem with writing Luke Skywalker is that, you know, in The Force Awakens or in Episode 7, is that once he shows up, like, he, he, he's like the trump card. He's, he destroys everything. No, nothing, you know, he becomes the, the, the show. He becomes the you know he wins he just beats everything right and that is kind of the issue with 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 luke because if you don't make him turn then or or whatever then he becomes like who is powerful enough to beat luke which i understand that idea but i also don't think it's necessarily you know what's the word i'm looking for uh it's not exactly, I think, the, the thing you should be like, oh, we can't, we can't have him show up in episode seven at all because he's so powerful and he takes over the story. It's like, yeah. that's, that's not a problem with that. So when I bring that up because in this comic book, you see him just wipe the floor with all the Knights of Ren with not really any problem. No, and he kind of brags about it too. I mean, and, and I, it's funny, I, I like everyone and everyone talk. And I love he says, "I am the last Jedi," and I was like, "Oh, nice classic line." And yeah, no, then, I know. I, yeah, again, <laughs> that was well. I thought again, it was. Yeah, it's it's it it perfect. It's tongue in cheek, you know, meta, whatever. But yeah. I liked it. I, he, I thought it was he good. always felt like to me in the movies too. At least in the, I'm trying to remember which of the movies it was, but. There was, there was a part where he was almost boring to me at one point. Maybe that was even during the Star Wars comics. It was probably during the Star Wars comics, the, the, the New Hope section of the Star Wars comics, where I was like, mm. he, just, he wasn't as interesting as a lot of the other characters. And I think that's because he's just your normal you know, farmer sort of kid. And, he, and they kind sure. of go into that in that one, and you talked about it on the saga continues, but that one issue of Sewell's Star Wars, where um, he's like talking with the Jedi. And he's like, I'm looking for a Jedi. 
And I was like, why, why are like, why are you saying this in public? And, uh, but the way that he was talking, it made him seem kind of uneducated, but then you get to when like, fine, he's, he's been put through his paces. Like he blew, he blew up the death star. He defeated the emperor. And so now he kind of is that person that he is planning to be, which is a very pure hearted person. And so for Mm -hmm. someone like that, where he's, he's very strong in the force, but he's a very good person and he overcame his dark side very young. And so he, I love this panel where he's in the plane or the ship with Ben and he turns around to him and says, I'm glad you came along, Ben. Yeah, me too. And that whole time, like, I just kept thinking of like, Ben's essentially like texting his fun uncle in the back of the car. And his dad doesn't know that he's texting him and he's telling him like, man, I wish I was hanging out with you. And his dad like turns around and says, I'm really glad you're with me. And I'm just thinking like, man, Luke was like a really good mentor to him. And then you get the scene where like, there's that one panel where both of them say cold at the same time when they're saying Mm. it was cold. And so it's like, okay, well you, you don't like what's happening. You don't, you're a teenager. That's fine. But like you Mm. and Luke are really connected. And there's a lot in here that we see in this episode or this issue where uh, it just seems like he's like, oh, this is Jedi Master Luke Skywalker. He's a legend. It's like, oh, well, that's not what you told Snoke on the plane, but uh, go off. So, yeah, but yeah, I totally see what you mean. Like he, he absolutely wrecked shop. And I, I screen grabbed that one where he says, I am one man, but I am not alone. And then he just mm-hmm. whipping through everybody but i you know and i was gonna say i think that's why that turn made sense to me in the last jedi is just because Mm. or at least story-wise is like for someone like him someone so pure of heart the only Mm. way that you could beat someone like that is to to disillusion them because you know their mind is made up they are a good person they're ready to go the only way to beat them would be to make them question that and you know they do for whatever what like 30 years he's in exile or whatever well, again, you're, you're, you're touching on something that I, I'm just like, oh, we, we got it's, it's, we got to wait to the end, I think. So, so let's keep going. But yeah. let's, again, put a pin in this because it's, nope. it's, it's just like the Snoke thing. It's just like all that stuff we were talking about. It's, it's, you're, they're, they're, they're hinting at something. You're, you're talking about something that is something we need to address. So continue. Yeah, yeah. And so from there, he, you know, again, ruins everybody, defeats the Knights of Ren. Look, I'll say this. If I'm the only one saying it, that's fine. They weren't that impressive in this book either. I get that, you know, they looked (laughs) cool in the movie. We didn't get to see them in action, but I'm starting to wonder if these Knights are any good anyway. Like, maybe that is as good as they were in the movie that when they got beat. And, like, he beats them all single-handedly here. But I did like Mm -hmm. the fact that lightsaber has a kill switch on it i thought that was pretty cool mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but then you know him taking off his helmet and he looks completely unlike what you would think because his whole body's burned but his face is like chiseled and he's got the gray hair and the blue eyes and all that um but then he and this maybe this was a question that i had too so he then we get back to the present he's in the jedi temple uh the wrecked jedi temple and there's a helmet in the temple and he picks it up and it says hey kid i was wondering if we'd ever hear from you again why is there a, a Ren helmet in his, in the Jedi Temple? Because he remember he takes it off and he throws it. Oh, uh, he just gave it to him, and Luke was like, "Okay, yeah, you can keep that." Well, I think that they were planning on because um, we, we don't see him leave. He just throw I, or he just they just throw it and they leave it there. I, he probably just Luke just didn't want to touch it. He just was like, eh, "Forget it. We're, we're never coming back here." Kind of a thing. And oh, oh, I'm so sorry. I thought he was going to the jet. Okay, now I'm, I'm catching up now. He's at the yeah. same place he was when he was younger. 
So that right, right, just been sitting there the whole time. That makes exactly sense. okay. Yeah, I'm crazy. no, no, no. It's it's easy to get those mixed up. Yeah, the I mean the the that's the the they all look the same. A lot of these indoor areas look mm-hmm. the same. But then his yeah. buddy his buddies show up and they're like, "We've got you. We've been chasing you all over the galaxy, and we finally found you." Um, and then we move into the third issue, which is I think Ben. Yeah, Ben shows up right away at the beginning, and we get to this other interesting bit where they and I I really liked this, especially from Sewell because they're Soul. There's this this thing where like a lot of people create these side characters, whether it's in a movie or a comic and it's like, they're, they're fodder, right? Like there's always that person mm-hmm. that, you know, like, Oh, they just were made up so that we could kill them. And that's what these three Jedi kind of were. But I liked that Ren was like, you know what? I want to hear their stories. Like I need you to give me the backstory so that I can know whether this was a good death or not. But at the same time, that makes for a really interesting story from Charles's standpoint, where now he gets to go into the backstory of these three Jedi. So I thought sure. that was really cool. And then it opens up with that full page spread of him with his lightsaber at his back, blocking two other lightsabers. And that was such a cool shot. Mm-hmm. No, there, there is, there's lots of great stuff in here. The one thing I will, I will say is I, I didn't mind the Jedi that, that Luke's other students Obviously, there's other students besides these three, but these are the three that Charles was able to create. And okay. Hey, everybody. Sorry about that. The, uh, we had a little disturbance in the force, but we are back. Oh, yeah. And uh, we were talking about the new Jedi that are friends with Kylo Ren. Yeah. So basically, what I was saying was they kind of all represent these different aspects of the character a little bit, again, or affect them in different ways. You have the the more of the, the smart person with the, with, was the, uh, the, oh, oh my gosh, the weak, not weak way. Um, oh my gosh. I want to call him the Aqualish, but no, it's what's whatever the Mon Calamari, uh, the squid guy. Squid yeah. Yeah. Oh, I forgot, yep. oh my God. I can't remember the alien's name. There's an, oh man, I feel like it's turning my star Wars card now. Um, hey, no, no, I've got the internet. I'm going to find out why you're talking. All right. But anyway, um, but and you have Ty, who is, um, I believe that's the, the, the girl that who is like matches him or is uh, represents that power side. And then you have his friend who is represents the emotional side. So all these different aspects of the force and they all kind of bring those together. And I think that's interesting enough, but what I was seeing before we got cut off was it seems a lot like that Lucasfilm and JJ didn't give Marvel and Charles soul that much to go off of and that's this was you know charles's best way to, to do what he could do with the with what, what he was given and you gotta think that like with what you know if this was better planned they'd be making this into an ongoing series not some you know uh just four issue little right. series yeah. because this was a huge selling book and you would think that if someone if they got someone who could create something or uh, if JJ was someone different and didn't want to have a mystery box around for everything and be in charge of everything and be like, no, it's mine. Yeah. Um, and again, I, I think that definitely hurt this trilogy. There's no doubt it didn't. Um, no, you're right. But it's the Quarren. Quarren. You were close. Uh, we'll count. I was close. Yeah. Thank you. Um, no, but like, because, you know, JJ was so anti just kind of playing ball for the most part. At least, at least that's what my impression is. He took all, he being Charles in Marvel took all that he could out of those four with those four issues and just, you know, took the little sliver that JJ probably gave him and stretched it out as much as he could. Cause if you think about it, if, if they were smart, they'd have this whole thing stretched out and they do an ongoing series. 
so again, let's put a pin in this because there's more, there's more to say, but we should definitely start getting quicker through these series. Cause I, I we have a lot to talk about and I got to eventually go soon, not soon, but like somewhat, you know, yeah. In a somewhat time manner. So let's burn through these next. Yeah. We're, 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 we're going to burn through. I'm going to do a quick, a quick and fast here. Okay. So the Quarren okay. dies, uh, Kylo uh, is in a sense, you could argue that Kylo kills him, but the Quarren dies and he, well, kind he of kills is, himself. In my opinion, he, like he, it, Let's be real. The Quarren attacks him, and he and he defends himself. And yeah. that again, and this is something that I think that Charles does a great job of. It. He definitely shows that Ben's not necessarily he's reluctant to kill the Ren. He Ren calls him out on it. Everyone, you know, he he does he definitely does eventually when he just gets fed up with things at this point. But I mean, the Quarren he kills himself, man, because he threw yeah. the lightsaber at him. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, Ben Ben uh, likes the idea of being a bad boy more than he actually likes being a bad boy. I I, I think I a lot of us this. can relate. Um, no, so we're gonna, do that. <laughs> we'll jump into this fourth one, which is the biggest one. This is where – Yes. And I apologize too. Shout out to Haribo. I've been eating frogs in your honor. Hell and, yeah. Uh, mini frogs or the big frogs? Oh, the big frogs. Oh, mini frogs. You got mini frogs. I can only find them on Amazon, and so I buy them in bulk, and I'm I'm out of them. So I picked some some of these regular frogs up. In at wait, the so you actually do buy the mini frogs? Oh yeah, the, the, you can buy for it's like sixteen bucks, and you get like twelve bags on Amazon. Oh, that's not a bag. That's not a no. It's a good aren't, deal. That thing lasts. Aren't those delicious? Oh, um, they're those? they're intoxicating because the entire bag itself is like three hundred calories, but you don't notice it because they're so tiny. Mm-hmm. So you can eat a mm-hmm. hun- you could eat a hun- you could just keep eating like I could be fed them all day and I'd be fine. They're so good. Yeah, they're, they're so, so good. and they're so cute. They're so small. Yeah, uh, that's, maybe great. Baby yeah. Yoda can juggle those around in the next. Ooh, all right, all right. Uh, okay, so we uh, so we get to this spot. Ren is now is essentially the uh, a knight there. They say, you know what, you can hang out with us, but we still really want a good death from you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. he, he does again he really feels like i'm just going to tag along until i get my moment essentially and that moment right. comes when the other two jedi uh join in and they they go to fight him and they go to fight the knights of ren as well and so mm-hmm. uh we get to the spot where we start seeing i think maybe i skipped over it. oh yeah so he fights his buddy and uh the the bald guy and i don't i don't have his name here right yeah for his name but um he's again he's kind of the feelings guy he's like i thought we were connected mm-hmm. i thought we were a pair and again he yeah. has a chance to kill him he doesn't and ren snaps mm-hmm. his neck and i originally i was like whoa did he just kill him but no it was ren and mm-hmm. so then now we get a ren battle double double lightsaber from kylo and we get, he says, you know, you want the good death. I'm going to give you that good death now. But then we get the first glimpse of the emperor. And so he says, mm. now you will be who you are, who you were always meant to be. And we get what I would argue is probably the most important panel in the entire uh, series, which is that um, the two-page spread of him mm. and Ren falling down as Kylo summons force lightning. And you get uh, Leia feels it in the Force, uh, Ray feels it in the Force, and then the Emperor too. And the Emperor basically says, "Do it, strike me down," and uh, and and he does. And he says, "Here's your good death," and he kills him. And then you're know, like, "Okay, cool, all right, well we're done here, right?" But nope. And then he kills his other friend. And that one was a little more surprising to me, just because he's kind of telling her. It almost I was waiting for her to be him to be like, "Get out of here, like just leave." And he doesn't. He just kills her immediately. And then all the knights bow down to him, and he makes his lightsaber. He 
cracks his own kyber crystal and bleeds it red while he gets a vision of all of his parents, friends, and family talking about Chewie and Lando. I was reading it online and it was, it was like he cracks his kyber crystal and he sees a vision of his uncle, his father, his father's close friend, Chewbacca, his father's other close friend, Lando. I'm like, okay, like, why are you saying it like that? But he does. Yeah, he took all that and then he makes his lightsaber. It overheats, so he gets the the, uh, the side exhaust, so it looks like an old-fashioned sword, and that's the end. So we we now find out uh, this is how... And, and the last bit is uh, Snoke says, what is your name? And he ignites his lightsaber. So he never actually says his name, but mm-hmm. it's that his name is Kylo. But I think that, I think, is is part of this overarching thing that we're trying to talk about is like, even in the story, even at the mm-hmm. climax of it, he still doesn't acknowledge that he is Kylo Ren. Mm-hmm. At least he, he, he is not 100% there. He probably is acknowledging it in his head, but he's not saying it out loud. Man, so, yeah. And for the record, I think this is a great Star Wars comic. Yeah. Even, though I think, even though I think J.J. And, and didn't really play ball as much as I wanted him to, the little bit that Charles was given, it, I think this shows an example of how good the stuff in the sequel trilogy can be. Yes. If it's planned out. And this is what I wanted to get to. And we can definitely spend a lot of time talking about this. Cause this is what I think this comic yep. really spoke to me, Alex, even more so reading it now, which again, even then I knew that if you, if you, if they dove more, you know, into the secrets of the sequel trilogy, you know, we, Again, around Rise of Skywalker, I think people would be willing to accept a lot more. But because of JJ and his mystery box and all that crap, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people like you know who are like, well, they don't get it, you know. Like I mean, like like Sean, like Sean never really liked and, and appreciated the the Leia Organa's death and all that stuff in in Rise of Skywalker, which I thought was brilliant because yeah. it never again like the Force never explains everything, you know. Like her whole death is obviously tied with with Kylo Ren, but you don't they don't ex- over explain you have to kind of fill in your own gaps and that's i, I kind of like that like they, they don't explain how it works verbatim but you know that she's tied into he- helping ray and kylo you know ray heal kylo etc cetera, etc cetera, and all of that i, I just love that like, I, yeah. love, I love how it's it's not it's not overly explained but it's not exactly like it's it's obvious that she's involved somehow because when you know when he they both disappear at the same time at the end of the movie, which I think mm-hmm. is such a, again so brilliant. I, I just think people are gonna years from now will look back at this in Star Wars and go, you know what, that's actually a pretty good idea. Yeah. But anyway, um, and the fact that but, she stayed there until he died, and then exactly. she turns into a and the fact that the, they too, the two of them, are the only people that are in this two-page spread. Like Luke isn't there, going, "Oh no, what did you do?" It's Leia and Ray, so that just further mm-hmm. encompasses their connection to each other. Exactly. So, all that being said, I think this comic does a brilliant thing that that I, in my opinion. And I think you'll you'll definitely agree with me, but I, I'm curious what 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 the possibilities are. But what I've said before is, if Disney slash Lucasfilm want people that they want to flip the script on the sequel trilogy, and and though it's made a bunch of money, there is somewhat of a of a very lukewarm, I would say, kind of negative tone because of how people are split on the Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. Now. That you would think that you know they'd be now they're kind of they're treating it almost like the prequel trilogy, right? Like well, we can't we can't talk about the sequel trilogy right now. Everyone's all mad about it because they don't like Rise of Skywalker. They don't like you know whatever. Mm-hmm. 
what, what I think they, they need to double down on it like Lucas did. Because what did Lucas do with the prequel trilogy? Because that was not exactly, you know, obviously, if you remember, which is so funny to think about now, that the prequel trilogy is way more accepted than it ever was back when I, you know, I was younger. I still get a lot of guff for it. Really? I, oh, I yeah. dude, at least on the internet, it's, again, maybe those people are, are still out there, but it's way more accepted than yeah. it ever has. Or, and, and you know what? I think it's only going to get stronger. Oh, so yeah. that being, so, but with that being said, what helped it get stronger was obviously not abandoning it right off the bat. It was, and that's something that I criticized Lucas for actually back in the day. I'll never forget my good friend, Dave Valdez, who's a AKA father's figures on, on Instagram. Um, he, he does amazing toy photography. He's one of my best friends in this whole world. Um, years ago, we were talking, and he, he said, oh, you see the Clone Wars uh, trailer? And I'm like, I don't care. I'm tired of the prequels. I remember this. I remember this Because I wanted the Gindy series. I loved uh, the Gindy series. And uh, when they told me there's a new Clone Wars series, but it's not the Gindy series, I'm like, who cares? I'm so tired of the prequels. Oh, give me something different. Ugh. And then, you know, the, the Clone Wars obviously turned into possibly some of the best Star Wars ever. Oh yeah. Um, so with all that said, obviously Lucas doubled down on the on the on the prequel series or, or prequel trilogy or whatever with the Clone Wars, and I feel that Lucasfilm they need to really double down on the sequel trilogy because they've invested so much of time and resources to these characters in this era that abandoning it and just saying like we're going to give it a break sure break but let's go back to it soon and start to really flesh out everything and that means going back you now you have your kind of weird roadmap okay we'll call it you could say it's a it's not really a map but we'll just call it a weird roadmap with tfa tlj and you know and tros yeah so you have your roadmap and you've you've already kind of seen that right now in the mandalorian how can you enhance the sequel trilogy knowing what what it's done Okay, whether or not people love every decision that's made, whether it be Luke's characterization to Ray not being a rando anymore, which thank God that didn't happen. Um, but, but, but anyway, but yeah, all that stuff. How can you make those decisions stronger in the storytelling? And I think part of that is kind of what they do in this comic book, but they obviously are tiptoeing around literally everything. But it's still just a little bit we got was enough to be like, oh, this makes a lot more sense. Like when you see the, the, the Jedi Temple blow up, that's not Ben Solo. So now you know, oh, crap. So now there's a whole story about Ben Solo and what, what happened there. Like what exactly went down? And again, now, because everyone complains, well, the Emperor was just put in the last minute. Well, now with, with this book and you see it in the comic book, very, very, again, at the very, very end. But now you can then have a whole story about the emperor manipulating Ben from afar and how that, you know, or Snoke or however you want to do it and start building up that story. And maybe and you touched on it. You touched on this already. I forgot exactly how you phrased it, but it's about how, how do you defeat someone with such power? You defeat their, you go with their mind kind of a thing, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the emperor is a long game. Why not have a story about the emperor knowing the only way he's going to defeat Luke Skywalker is by corrupting his nephew. Yeah. I mean, like, again, make that a part of the story. Make that canon and have a writer that you trust that you can flush out. Sit down with your story group, which, again, story group doesn't do stories. It is art keepers, and, and they organize. It's all, that's what they are. They're organizers. They're not storytellers. Mm-hmm. Thank God, too, by the way. But oh, anyway, yeah. um, but, but you see my point. 
you got to oh, yeah. find people and you got to flush out those, give those stories some meaning, give the meaning to Luke and Ben and Luke's again, whatever, however you want to tell that awful, awful, awful written scene by Ryan Johnson in last Jedi where Luke goes and goes to confront his nephew in the middle of the night while he's sleeping. <sighs> and, and if I, so maybe it's been a little bit, but is it that he had a vision that Ben was going to go to the dark side and he essentially did see, like a baby see, this is, sort of thing this is this is the this is the problem this is, I'm, I'm gonna say this right now again I, and i've said before in this podcast and other podcasts and we'll probably say for the dawn of time <laughs> is is that the problem is not luke characterization is not the problem it's how and why if you want to show a scene where luke is not is is sees a vision why in the hell are you having him like do have this vision while Ben's sleeping so you can turn a lightsaber while he's sleeping and contemplate killing him it is the stupidest scene I I agree I mean when I was watching it I was like oh man he's a he's a uh, hard sleeper Ben like that he didn't wake up when he heard the well he does that's the whole point right and then he's like whoa what yeah, well, and it's so funny because, again, people are like, well, you made a mistake. It's like, again, it's not the mistake. Like, I understand, like, people make mistakes. I, again, I like that aspect of Luke Skywalker in Last Jedi. It's not the problem. It's why are you, again, you leave it to interpretation in a bad way because you can, it's literally attempted murder. You can argue that's attempted murder. Like, oh, that yeah. Is, and it's like, and people are like, no, it's not. It's like, oh. The intent put, was like, there. The motive was there. It's so it's so funny. Like I, I I put it like this to someone, and someone said it to me. I'm not gonna take credit for it, but it's like it's it's obviously not the same thing. But it's actually kind of like it's horribly morbid, but it's horribly accurate. So it's like this: you have a kid, right? Like it's like okay, I'll use me for instance. My daughter, my brother, all of a sudden, I you know puts a gun to my daughter's head and says she's gonna be a, a killer. And like all, then decides last minute not to do it, and he's a hero. Like, how does that? Yeah. Where do you? <laughs> what? Yeah, there's a lot of question marks popping up. <laughs> Listen, obviously, totally different, and this is a space fantasy, and he's. Re- I, I get it. Like, I get it. But do you see the problem? With no, this? I, like, I, I totally agree, and I think that happens in a lot of these Star Wars things where there's there's a there's an element of surprise that I think is purposely not thought through specifically so that it can be built on later. I think that happens a couple. I mean, like look at the Clone Wars again. The Clone Wars fills in this gap of what is probably you know many would argue is one of the worst Star Wars movies. Uh, not me, but uh, it's it's pretty low down there. But like it made that movie so much better after you watch the Clone Wars. You're like I've found such a new appreciation. That's what they need to do with the sequel trilogy is they just mm-hmm. need to make a TV show and put it on Disney Plus that is either something that takes place right after the end of Rise of Skywalker so we can get Rey training people, whatever mm-hmm. she ends up doing, but we get more Rey, but then it, con- it contains flashbacks of things that either took place before Force Awakens or, you know, we get a flashback of finding out Luke. And who, I don't care if this is an animated show or not, or even if it's a comic book, but mm-hmm. I, I think they're, they're on the trajectory and maybe they just need time to figure it out because if, if they spent the last, what was it, five, six years doing New Hope stuff and now they're moving into Empire, 
uh, it only makes sense that they're probably going to keep doing that, right? They're going to, the next set of stories will be after Return of the Jedi. And then from there, the next set of stories will be after Force Awakens or whatever. So maybe eventually we're going to get a three, we're going to get a Star Wars comic. We're going to get a Emperor Palpatine comic and we're going to get a first, first order, whatever it is, you know, they, they always put up right. like four different series at a time. Uh, but this actually brings me to, to one of the, the bigger questions that I had or, or kind of topics I want to talk about. Cause I think you're, it sounds like you're probably pretty passionate about this, but uh, the way I wrote it, and this was something I actually talked about with Robert the other day too, we were talking star Wars and we were saying, I was saying, uh, regardless of our thoughts on the sequel trilogy, it can't be denied that there were issues with it, right? Like behind the scenes on screen, but all, but all the movies performed really well. So there's obviously more coming. Like there's always going to be more star Wars, but I have a suspicion and I think maybe you do too, that Filoni is being groomed to take over Star Wars. I think uh, the powers at Disney are, in my opinion, and again, it sounds like you've provided me with some insights on JJ that I didn't really realize, but I was kind of under the impression that the whole reason the sequel trilogy itself is not good is because Disney executives were the ones that were kind of controlling mm-hmm. it more so than like a Filoni was controlling it. But again, the reason they were probably doing that is because they just spent like $8 billion or it was like for whatever it was that they bought Lucasfilm for, they need to recoup that debt. So they needed a sure thing. And I think they said, you know, okay, let's get the hottest director on campus right now. He just did star Trek, which is basically the same. So like he knows how to do a space, movie let's get him in let's let's throw in a couple of other people so we can say that yeah. you know we're, we're making a different movie but can you please just stick to the script make the movie for the fans so that they pay money for it and that's why we got force awakens it's exactly like a new hope but it worked and then mm-hmm. you know, they said fine ryan go have fun with it he said oh i got a crazy idea for this next movie and they said okay great yeah. fine, do it and then they were like ryan what were you doing and he's like well you said i could do something with it and they're like well not mm-hmm. that all right fine jj come back in here and then jj oh. and again my impression was like jj being like I wasn't really expecting to direct this movie, but if you need me to do it, yeah, fine. Okay, I'll, I'll do it. I'll mm, get it done and right. be done with it. And I think Kathleen Kennedy, again, I know a lot of people put, put flack on her. I don't really think that it was her. I think she probably had some irons in the fire at that point of, of you know, doing some things. But I feel like she she's more of just the producer. And so a lot of blame gets put on her. But I really blame the Disney executives. And so I think mm. at this point, they said and argued at some point, maybe Kathleen said, all right, fine. Look, we, we gave you your sequel trilogy. Can we please let Dave do something? Like Dave's been talking about this TV show for a while. <laughs> Can you just let him do it? Because he, we, he told me what it's about. And I really think you guys are going to like it. You've seen what he did with the Clone Wars. And they said, all right, fine. So now everyone loves the Mandalorian. And they're like, and just like I've heard you say too, of like, why isn't he running Star Wars? And again, I think that's what he's been doing is kind of mm-hmm. planting seeds with all these executives of like, hey, mm-hmm. George Lucas trusts me. He, he gave me all of the Clone Wars show. Have you seen Rebels? Like, look at all, look at my resume. And so they said, mm-hmm. fine, that sounds good, but you have no live action directing experience. And so now he's getting that piece of it. So I think he's, he's building up his resume to then mm-hmm. now we have super successful star wars movies we have a super successful star wars show i think now we're going to start seeing that in the movies is is less of like this studio built movie and more of like a hey dave what are you thinking like what makes sense after return of the jedi should we make something there and i i kind of think that because they were i saw something about like rosario dawson was signing on for ahsoka movies and i'm just thinking to myself like okay again 
great movies, Rogue One, Solo, fine, but like I would have preferred instead of a Solo movie, a Sidious movie that you got to see how he became Sidious and then also how he manipulated everyone in Force Awakens. Like that way, boom, you've, you've fixed all that. You can throw the Knights of Ren in there or an Ahsoka movie. Like I, I think there's a trajectory coming but yeah. it's just that we had to get through the slog first. We had to get through this sequel trilogy that had to be made. Yeah. And, and I, I wanted to see what you thought about that. Man, that is, you're talking about, like, that's a whole series of podcasts. I know, I know. Unloaded. Uh, I know. Oh, to kind of, again, I'm going to just really quick wrap up my, my thoughts on this whole sequel trilogy and fleshing that out. I, I don't know what they're doing, but I think that if the, if the Mandalorian can, can, in, introduce if it is in fact which i think a lot of us assume and i think rightfully so assume they're they're trying to tie in more sequel trilogy things the more they do of that and the more that they're planned and they can really enhance their those stories again give a story to palpatine's clone son and then and then into ray go into yeah. lore and talk about the force dyad and how important that is and what that means for ben and ray and what that could signify for ray and again i i know a lot of people love ray rando I don't want to diminish the idea that anyone can be a Jedi, but to me, Star Wars is also uh, built off of a old school mythology and the lore of Star Wars is important to me. And I'm sorry, not everyone can be as powerful as the Skywalkers. And if you're going to be on that level, you got to be special. And I'll, I haven't really used this argument that much, but it's kind of like this. Is everyone special? Like everyone can't be Michael Jordan. Right. Or LeBron James, right? Like there's there's a reason these people are like superstars is because they're freaking the best. And yeah. you know what? Like that's the thing. Like once in a generation talent. That's there's a reason why they say that. It's not because they're everyday people, it's because they are freaking above the rest. And I'm what I again, I'm not I'm not saying Jedi and you can't putting your, you know, Ray as this everyday hero isn't necessarily a bad thing. But that's not really what she was. And that's not really, I don't think ever was the point of the character. Though I think Ryan Johnson wanted to take it that way. That Again, and that again, this is where I think one of the other Ryan Johnson's biggest problems was, is that he doesn't really, he, Ryan Johnson doesn't understand Star Wars lore. He understands movies. Right. And that's sure. the problem with Ryan Johnson, is that he's a great filmmaker. I, and I, even though I don't love all his films, I acknowledge the fact that he's a great filmmaker and knows the medium of film. He doesn't understand the lore and, and continuity and those things. I mean, look at Looper, look at Brick. They are complicated. They are kind of messy. They are good movies, but they are, well, I think Looper is kind of extremely overrated. But Brick's a good movie. But you know what? That's a very hard movie to follow. And, and my point is this. That's not his strength. His strength is, is, is making an entertaining, compelling two-hour movie not understanding the lore of something that came 40 years before him and what's going to be 40 years after him and so on. And because of that, he tried to really, I think, undermine the idea of the Jedi of just being like, anyone could be a Jedi. Anyone could just grab a lightsaber and be like, I'll learn the force. That's not exactly how it works. At least, you know, a way they establish it at this point. And Ray to me is the fact that she is, you know, her power came from, or excuse me, her, you know, her, her bloodline of, of Palpatine and being that, uh, that powerful and her power, you know, her, her, all, her, basically her power being something she was born into makes a lot more sense in, in at least with the context of the Skywalker saga and all that stuff. So, but anyway, but there's ways I think you can improve on that, on the character herself. And 
I think at least as far as people that accept that. And I think that to me is what I want, uh, would like them to do and, and enhance Ray, enhance all those decisions of, of Palpatine, give, give Skywalker, give Luke Skywalker, you know, his fall, give all that more meaning and a lot more just kind of connectivity. And I think people will accept it a lot more. Um, as far as, you know, and again, I think they will eventually do that. I think, and I've been saying it for a while, and I, I apologize if I missed this, but I, I want, I've, I don't know if you've heard me before say this, but uh, I want them to do an animated series after yeah. where it's, it's, and what I've always said is this, you can have this animated series and have your cake and eat it too, because what you could do is you could be like, okay, here's the plan. We're not going to go beyond four or five years. And I mean, like the Clone Wars spanned two years and they got like six seasons out of it. Oh yeah, I mean, exactly. So you don't have, what I'm, my point is this, because you're eventually going to do an episode 10. That's coming. Yeah, right. Like that's, yeah, it's eventually going to come. Which again, it better, be about, it better be about Ray Skywalker. But my point is this, is that you can easily just just do a very, like for, if you're going to keep everything canon, which I think they should, they've been very successful, I think, with doing that with, you know, not your random contradictions here we're standing. But in the essence, all you say is, here's what we're going to do. Like the very limited, like you're going to introduce so many new characters and you're going to establish so many things with those characters. Like Ray would say, you say, and no, she can't have any more than like two students in this whole span of a series. And one of those students is Finn. You could say that and you leave it very simple, but you go around expanding the lore of Star Wars and the dark side and the light side and all of that. And you, again, how much goodwill would you build up by that point? Yeah. Did I you mean, see the Lego uh, Christmas movie on Disney? I did not actually. Oh yeah. So, I mean, the movie itself is not the, it's okay. I gave it a six out of 10, but uh, sure. it's, it opens like most of it's a joke, right? Cause it's a Lego movie, but the beginning sure. of it is Ray training Finn in in uh, i don't remember where she's doing it but as i even though they were legos as i was watching it, i was like man this just feels good watching this like she's like you know you got to focus and he can't concentrate because he's finn and he's being a kind of a you know a finn and mm-hmm. uh it, it was just it was cool and i was like man i wish and then they you know went into the movie portion of it where it was like totally unrelated to anything star wars canon but i was just like man like if they sure. stayed longer on that it really worked and I, so I totally agree with you. I think something like that would make so much sense. And, and again, it would, it would heal. That's one of those instances where you look back at the Clone Wars show and it's mm-hmm. like, it worked. And like, if it's mm-hmm. not broke, why would you, why would like, if it worked for that, you could do something that would fix this. Absolutely. You could mm-hmm. do it easy and it, w- it wouldn't even be hard. You could even, you could probably just do one season and it would be enough. But if you gave it, you know, five seasons of it, people would be really pleased on that, especially if it's coming straight to Disney, especially with the way that they made the last Clone Wars season, because yeah. that was like one of the best seasons of TV ever. And, uh, <laughs> so good. And, and, and it was an animated show. Like and I've watched that like four times now, the whole siege mm-hmm. of Mandalore. And it's like incredible. So yeah. I, I think you're right. I think, having some other tie-in like that really will will die in dive in that's what i love right like i think that's why mm-hmm. th- that's the 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 deep connection to star wars is through the lore and i, I think we mm-hmm. are very as much as we're critical of the movies mm-hmm. uh, it, it, we become less critical of it when we get lore and it's like exactly. whatever like whatever it is i don't care what the lore is like again that's why i loved the rise of skywalker like i was like oh it's the emperor like let's go like i wasn't like oh mm-hmm. this sucks like I get it. I get that it was way out of left field, but that's Star Wars. Like I love that. Exactly. I love that. Yeah. 
everything about it made so much sense. Well, and well, think about like the, the fight scene between Kylo Ren and Ray. Like the fact that they're fighting through the Force. I mean, like again, something that Ryan Johnson, you know, put in. They JJ and Chris took to actually a, a even even exactly, more, yep. and they brought in the Force dyad. Now you're like, okay, what does that mean? And again, people were like, well, it's the lazy way. Like, no, like they're enhancing like to me and this is why i've, I've said before and I, i'm gonna bring comic books back into it the rise of skywalker seemed like a comic book because yeah of how of how many of how much they they used to like kind of write things and again i say write things for me but just just to change the story and in, in different and in using the different continuity and the, and all the tools in their in their basket kind of a thing it felt very much like a comic book like where man yeah. like they use all these different things to like kind of, you know, change the direction a little bit. And to me, I loved it. And again, you're using the lore to your advantage. And, and this is where it's interesting. And this is why I brought up the whole idea of Ryan Johnson being more of a filmmaker more than he is a storyteller or it's storyteller, but you know what I mean? Like the fact yeah. that he's not involved in developing this lore and all these big stories, he's more involved in the medium of film. Like that's his, um, his thing. And you know the way i see it is is that you know ryan johnson is um he wants to do this uh you know this thing and it's 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 one of those things where he's you know sorry one second i'm trying to cut my thoughts here basically ryan johnson is is not involved with he's not involved with something like, like JJ Abrams is JJ Abrams is way more about developing things. And it's, you know, Ryan Johnson's not, and it's something that he's not going to be a strength. And I think that with that, the Ryan Johnson, or excuse me, JJ uh, Abrams and Chris Terrio, again, you can rip up on Chris Terrio all you want. I think Chris Terrio really understood where he needed to take this movie. And a lot of people like want to rip him, but I didn't see it that way. To be quite you honest, know, you so, know, honestly, it's like at least he tried. Like he, from what you, mm-hmm. I've heard you say and whatnot. Like I, both of them knew that they were up against the wall in one way or another. And so, for to be able to make what they made and to have so much of that feel again, like a comic book, and, and a lot of it too was so out there that it made for a good movie in that you weren't expecting any of it. And so I feel like there was a lot of expect. I mean, there always had been a lot of expectation on the sequel trilogy, but that's like the worst thing that you can put on any form of art is expectation. And I think that's why so many people were let down by it is because they had this idea in their head of what they wanted it to be based off of the last Jedi and, and and that's fine, great, but like you should not be putting expectations on these things when you've got all these people you've never met before making this film, not just for you, but for everybody. And and uh, you kind of just got to accept what it is. And it's like, why wouldn't you want to accept it as this really weird and awesome movie that like you get to see a yellow lightsaber uh, in canon movies? Like we've never seen that before, I don't think. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. But uh, that and then I, one of my, my favorite thing about that movie is the fact that Ray, I, I used to count it. I don't remember what it is, but she exhibits like 10 plus force powers in that movie. Like she does the, the dyad piece of it. And hold on a second. Uh, I'm going to uh, resuming the call now. I apologize to everyone out there. There are multiple disturbances in the force today. I think that's just because we're talking about such a strong topic. And uh, uh, what, what I was saying before you dropped off was I, I just, one of my favorite pieces of the, of rise of Skywalker 
is the just the, the the lore aspects that we haven't seen. Like I don't think people appreciated enough the fact that we got a yellow lightsaber on camera. We've never, I don't think we've ever mm-hmm. had that before. But not only that, but the fact that Ray had she exhibited like at least ten different force powers throughout the movie, which is something mm-hmm. I just I lost my mind, especially like when she pulled that ship out of the sky and then uh, force lightninged it and and all that. Like it just it it was a great movie. And, and I, again, I loved all of the movies, but it's just, it, I get what you're saying. It makes total sense. I think if they, I think they're going to, I really do. Mm-hmm. I think, I think it only makes sense for them to. And I think that the thing they're doing is what they should have done before, which is they're just planning right now. And I, I think the only I hope reason, so. I, I do too, because a lot of the stuff that they did in rise of Skywalker would have been so much more well-received had mm-hmm. they actually planted seeds for it. Because again, I they, agree. they could have. They could have if they wanted to. I think there was. I think there's know. stuff there. Well, th- one of the things I love about this, again, and I, I on Twitter when the movie came out, I was raving about the movie. I loved it. There's a lot. There is a lot of callbacks. That I think that maybe, like again, they 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 established in Force Awakens, um, or they kind of hint at Force Awakens of this strong connection they have that is just that again. Ryan Johnson goes, "Oh, Snoke just put them together. No big deal." Again, right. there's great story story potential there, but oh no, I just need to put them together for my movie, this two hour movie. It, it, again, going back to my point of having him being more stronger, he's stronger in the medium of film than he is stronger in the, just a lore, you know, continuity driven narrative, um, or you know, forty year continuity narrative, whatever. Um, that being said, uh, you know, it, there's that part. Wh- one of the things that I think that most people don't look at in the first weekends, and maybe this is all just by, by coincidence more than anything, but I love it. Think about this. When the blue lightsaber, when they're, when they're fighting, and remember when it calls to Ray and then, you know, what's her name? Uh, Moscow. I was like, it calls to you. It was Luke's, you know, his father's before him and it calls to you. And everyone's like, Oh, it's cause she's a Jedi. Ha ha ha. You know, whatever. And then again, what does Kylo Ren say? That lightsaber belongs to me because that's his part. He didn't say his family, but you know that's what he's hinting at, right? Right. Well, what happens? It, it, it's designed to go to Rey. And who does Rey become at the end of Rise of Skywalker? A Skywalker. She becomes a Skywalker. And that's why the lightsaber was calling to her because she was destined to become a Skywalker. I wonder though if it's also possible that the she was called to it because of the force dyad that maybe it was also being called to Kylo and she was feeling that call as well. I th- no, I think all those things are part of it, and that's the whole point. Is like there's lots of things you can you can definitely tie in the Force Awakens and the and Last Jedi, which I've said before. Again, the fact that the force dyad is makes a lot more sense in the sense of uh, Last Jedi now. That why all yep. of a sudden Ray who sees a kill this mentor figure that she had knew for a, at least a, like a couple days and Han Solo gets murdered by his own son. And she all of a sudden is like, I understand what you're going through now. <laughs> it makes a lot more sense. It makes a lot yeah, more but that's sense the same now. Thing, that's the same thing as Natalie, uh, Natalie Portman, Padme looking at Anakin and saying like, Hey, you know, we all have our bad days when they're in tattooing. Well, like, I at least everybody. Well, at least they have some history together going back years instead of just like i guess that's true but that's true you know i mean that i mean again another reason why and i blame jj for this is putting you know ray and luke 
right? You know, having to have Ryan Johnson basically have no choice but to start right after literally that move that that scene. But uh, mm-hmm. but anyway, you know, you touched on something. I'll, I'll kind of end on on this for me in general. But yeah I, yeah, I think there's ways to I think there's ways to make it stronger, and I think that you know I hope they do do that. One thing about Dave Filoni, and I will say, is that. Um, don't don't get confused. Uh, the Mandalorian is 100% John Favreau. Oh, for uh, sure. Right, right, right. So he, the only reason why Dave Filoni is even involved in the Mandalorian is because she actually, Kathleen Kennedy was one that kind of offered it, to, you know, to Dave. I thought they had a relationship, a really good close or a closer relationship before, but it doesn't seem like it was that that way because i i'm reading okay. the heart of the mandalorian book yeah i, I thought it was very interesting oh. basically and i and just a little bit i've heard here or there basically they, they definitely are, are, are buddies like that's not like that's that's 100 legit but and i thought i was misunderstood this as well i um even though i he had definitely said this he had had written ideas out and i think a, a loose script years ago about a Mandalorian idea that he just kind of kept to himself. He wanted to eventually pitch to George or at some point in his, because he loved Mandalorians, but he just kind of kept it on the DL. And then I didn't Kathleen Kennedy reached out to him and he had that idea already. And that's when she she offered to, you should work with, with John or you should work with Dave. And he goes, Dave, I love Dave. Yeah. That'd be a great idea because I'll get together with him, you know, because she knew Dave wanted to get into live action. And she had already sent him on stints with The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, that to, in Rogue One to get more you know, experience working on a set. He didn't do much, but just kind of watch. Yeah. But that was purposeful to get, and this is all from the, the art of the Mandalorian book. I oh, that's awesome. For people. So, and, and I knew that already. Like I knew Dave was on set at many, many times and he's definitely been involved you know, you know, here or there with things. But that being said, it was actually Kathleen Kennedy who really kind of helped John and Dave become that partnership. And they just blossomed from there because they're already, yeah. they already friends. Like, that's legit. But it became, they became really, really like super buds or great partnership because Kathleen kind of put them together. And that was, that's turning out to be probably the best business decision she made. Oh, 100%. Because, yeah, because now the Mandalorian is basically driving Disney plus and it's become the most popular show in the world. And rightfully so it's phenomenal. And again, it's, I don't want to say save star Wars, but it's definitely put it back on where it needed to go. And, you know, the one thing I will say is that, you know, Dave Filoni, he's, you know, again, he's not, he's, he's definitely heavily influenced or he's heavily involved in the Mandalorian and, and he's all over the designs and things like that in, in the Mandalorian, but it's John's show. John is driving the narrative of that, that whole show. That's and rightfully so John deserves it. He's, he's freaking amazing. Um, that being said, I, I do hope, and I've said long, a long time now, Dave Filoni should be involved in star Wars storytelling. If not in charge, not in charge of Lucasfilm, in charge of Star Wars storytelling. Yeah. Everything should go through Dave Filoni. And I'm not saying he should be the be all end all, but he should be like, have like at least 60% say in something. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And, Almost and, like a Kevin Feige of sorts. Yeah. I, I would say, and, and to be honest, if, and this is the thing that sucks is that I don't know if John and Dave, I would love for them to just be in charge of it together, but I don't think John has that 
John wants to do many, many things. And Dave probably does too. I mean, I mean, Dave will probably eventually want to graduate from Star Wars. Maybe not. I don't know. That's the thing. David's different because Dave's been involved in Star Wars since like the mid 2000s. And it's already this long. It's like, I mean, what else is he going to do? I mean, he could do other things, but I mean, he's, he's probably what in his mid late forties. I mean, you know, yeah, he's, got he's, a got, lot, he's, got, he's got time. He's got time, but he's also, I mean, how much do you want to try to venture out and fail and then, you know what I mean? Like, but I, just I think all, and what you're saying though, kind of lends credence to what I was saying earlier about them, basically like him building his resume to do a star Wars movie. Like, I, I wonder if maybe that's his, his end plan is that whole oh. Stan Lee idea of the great American novel where like his whole thing is what if, I, and even if it's like, I, I would, I would buy him just being like, I want to make an Ahsoka movie. Like he created well, that character. I don't know who he would rumors. end up doing, but the right. are, that, she's getting her own show i mean that's exactly right and so you know the root the, there's the show and like i said i saw something saying you know of her signing on to movies too so i i don't know what it is but i i have a feeling that dave has something up his sleeve and is like like oh, kathleen put me on the movies like i want to watch how they direct i want to i want to watch how they make this stuff like let me i need to get this all going so i can do something and then right, he's going right. to make something amazing whether that's a show or a movie and then he's going to be like you know, I'll be the consultant that makes sure all the canon is being followed and, and, and all the lore is there. Honestly, mm -hmm. I can't wait for the Disney Gallery uh, season two when that comes out. That's going to be nuts because I bet you he dives in pretty good on the because they, they didn't really do it for episodes, but they just did it about ideas. And I, I bet you one of the episodes is about Ahsoka itself of early well, like bringing bringing Clone Wars and Rebels to life, something like that. Yeah, no, I, I think that, that Dave. Hopefully, and to be honest, I hope he does want to actually run Star Wars and, and, yeah. and at least run Star Wars slash create Star Wars. I, I don't think he'll stop creating either, but I do hope he's in somewhat leadership position where he can kind of help guide Star Wars to where, because he's obviously learned from the best. And I've been a big Dave Lodi fan for a long, long, long time. And you know, I've said, I've gone on and on and on about how much I love that guy and how much he did he did save Star Wars for me. I'll never forget my parents buying me um, the Clone Wars movie on DVD one year, and I watched it. And I'm like, this actually wasn't that bad. Like <laughs> nice. you know, and, and, I, and I remember you know thinking it was gonna be complete garbage because I just you know that came out when the Dark Knight, Iron Man, and you <laughs> right, know right. all came out Hellboy two, and I'm like, forget Star Wars. Who cares about the Clone Wars? And I'll never forget that following Christmas, my parents got it for me. I had a toothache. I was all miserable. And I'm like, and I'm kind of doped up on all these painkillers and I'm kind of sitting laying down on my bed and I'm watching it on my laptop at the time. And I'm like, this isn't like that bad. Like, I don't think like, everyone said it was terrible. This is actually kind of fun. And then, the, then the next year, my parents got me the, the DVD uh, set of season one, and, you know, just kind of for fun. Like, Oh, you look, you look, grew up loving star Wars. You got you star Wars, you know, cartoons. I'm like, Oh yeah. They kind of thought they were being kind of cute, you know? Yeah. You know, kind of a thing. And, and because they knew how much I was like, Oh, I'd be really cool. I haven't seen this before. They kind of remember that the year before and, and got me the season one. And that That's was so actually, cool. Yeah. Yeah. And the, yeah. It's, it's funny. Cause that year, I'll, I probably told story many times, but that was a year. Um, they, they did that for, for season one on DVD was the year I got my Blu-ray player and I was bummed because I'm like I just got a Blu-ray player but oh, you know no. and now, yeah they got me on DVD no 
And I was remember being like, ugh, I've watched it in DVD now, um, not high definition. And but but you know what? I didn't even care. Once I started watching it, I was like, this is so good. And I just I devoured that season. And um, because I, I didn't have the DVR at the time, so I couldn't catch up. So I was like, well, and they were. It, I I said the Clone Wars was my first binge show ever, because I would wait for it to be released on uh, TV or on DVD or Blu-ray to watch it. Because yeah. I was so behind. And so I can totally understand why people are, are, are enjoying the show a lot more through Netflix or through Disney Plus because it is a better binge show than it is a weekly show because Absolutely. of the serialized format. Um, so with that, I mean, as far as, you know, even though I think now it's got enough cred that you could do, it did that weekly format and it, it did fine because everyone was, you know, excited about the, you know, the last season. But you know what I'm saying? It, it's, it was, I could understand why people discovered it because I, that's how I did it at the end was, or I, that's how I did it. I just didn't, you know, I wasn't involved in fandom at that point, but I was devouring. Anytime, anytime I'd come on, um, released, I would go and buy the DVD or Blu-ray or buy a Blu-ray because I only had the DVD, uh, the set was the first season for my parents. But I bought the Blu-rays and every time I would, I just get so hyped up on Star Wars. I'd go on in-stock trades and buy, this is when Dark Horse had the license. I'd start buying those uh, digest omnibuses they put oh, out. Oh, nice, yeah. And, I, and they were so cheap. They were only like 10, 15 bucks on there. Like, dude, like back in the day, like I look back at that, I'm like, why didn't I buy all of them? I was <laughs> so dumb. Like I should have. I have a lot though. I mean, don't get me wrong. I have a lot. Um, I got at least like well, 10 at least. Um, but I go, I get so hyped up on Star Wars, I start buying all those omnibuses. I'd, you know, buy a crap load of them, ask them for Christmas. I mean, like, I got a lot, and I love them, and they're so rad. And I have to thank, again, it was the Clone Wars and Dave Filoni that helped, you know, keep, feed that Star Wars alive. So I'm hoping that, that he will orchestrate more stories, and I honestly hope that he helps the sequel trilogy get fleshed out. Even if he doesn't, I, I hope someone else does, and I think it's possible. And I think we will get it. I think... I think there'll be something in the sequel trilogy that will make it a lot more enjoyable for all people who either love Last Jedi or who love Rise of Skywalker and loathe the other film. Or if they like both, they'll like all of them even more. So, but again, I, and I will say, I don't hate the sequel trilogy by any means. I don't, even though all my, my, my really good friends all say I hate Last Jedi, I don't hate The Last Jedi. I dislike and hate elements of it, for right. sure. I'm not going to lie that. I'm not going to ignore that. But I do enjoy watching it because it is Star Wars and it's part of the sequel trilogy. And, and honestly, it, it tells when you combine Rise of Skywalker with it and Force Awakens, it's messy, but it still works in the end. Exactly. So, yeah. So that's, yeah, that's how I feel. But yeah, but th dude, thanks for having me on. It's been a blast, man. Yeah, absolutely. And this is a perfect spot to wrap up. I think, I think it's a, it's always fun. I, I mean, just the, the fact that, you know, how many episodes that I've done that you've done, like what a time to be alive when we have okay, all this content that we currently have of the sequel trilogy, the Clone Wars, but we're in this, this moment where there's so much ahead of us as well. We don't know what it is, but I, I agree with you. I have a really good feeling about the future of Star Wars, both for the movies uh, and for the comics. And so, yeah, I, I think this is a perfect spot to wrap up, Paul. Thank you so much for Absolutely. coming on here, for taking up all the time that we did. I uh, did not expect it to go this long, but again, all the great <laughs> podcasts do. It's me. 
Um, so, I, oh, no, I, I, I love talking too. So I think I, we made a good pair. Uh, in, the yeah. wor- in the words of Sean Evans, uh, the floor is yours. So your mic, my mic, tell the wow. people what you can, uh, what you're doing right now, where they can find you and what sure. you got going on in your neck of the galaxy. Well, uh, you can find me on Twitter. That's my main form of uh, communication through to everybody is through Twitter. Uh, at Herman22 with two N's, uh, a.k.a. P-Thug. Um, I'm, uh, I'm on there quite a bit and talk, you know, not as much anymore since I've had a daughter, but it's, I'm definitely on there quite a bit still. Um, but yeah, you can check me out on the MCU fan show with my good buddy, Sean. Uh, we talk about Marvel. We haven't had a show in a long time. Sean is busy working and, and things of Marvel have slowed down, but they're probably about to pick back up here real quick. So we'll be probably jumping on at some point soon. Um, then you can also find us, uh, or find me on the, my, my, my something that we talked about before the song continues uh with uh, my good friends kyle and tim love those guys i've known tim a long long time and kyle i've known a while now too and those guys are great and yeah i love those dudes and we and that's honestly like just we just talked star wars and it's just literally three friends in one room basically just talking star wars it's yeah, great I, i've and, never uh, listened to a podcast that has felt as short as they do with the length that they are because most of they? them are yeah. over three hours and i'm like oh it was done already okay all right that was cool well, wait wait till you get to the, the latest episode man we we covered the last two episodes of mandalorian oh i cannot well, wait to listen dude, to that one i've been dying to hear what you guys okay think about that. i don't want to hype it up because I, I don't like doing that but i'm telling you right now this episode there's so much great discussion. Oof, we just go, awesome. we go in, we go in depth so much about Ahsoka and why I uh, think Ahsoka is going to be the one training baby Yoda still, despite all this and how they all disagree with me. But then we're talking about this. Ooh, or that. Okay. It's, it's, it's got this, this episode has got all kinds of stuff. We talk about, you know, we just, we our predictions and, and why we think it, it's it really is in depth as as we can get, man. And we all and the three of us all cover different aspects of Star Wars. I think even though we all have the commonality of loving Star Wars, we have very different. Obviously, me and Kyle we're very very differently on the sequel trilogy as far as our favorite films of that trilogy. Um, you know, whatever. But I mean, in the end, it's three people different viewpoints of Star Wars. But at the same time, we're all kind of you know, coming together and, and kind of all having great discussion. There's never been like a real like heated debate argument. That's the one thing about us. I think I really appreciate is that it really is just three dudes just hanging out, having fun, talking Star Wars. And yeah. again, even though I disagree with a lot, sometimes my friends say, I still love them and they're great and they're, they're awesome. So yeah, um, check me out there. And also my probably my favorite podcast to do, which is, you know, I wouldn't say my favorite, but just the podcast I just have a blast doing is a, the comic binge podcast with my good friend, Chris. We just have a blast and just talking comics and, and comic book, comic books are my favorite or I wouldn't say my favorite medium necessarily, but it's, it's probably the medium that I think I just, I just love to get just, I love so much. And I feel it's so underappreciated in that I just want more people to get into it. So it's basically, if you're not really into comic books, my show is designed to try to get you into comic books one way or another. And it's trying to, you know, orchestrate you somewhere or somehow to go there so yeah check us out on, on twitter at binge comic and uh yeah it basically our our episodes are not we're not meant there to be like you know the cool, coolest podcast no no my my podcast this this podcast for us is literally designed for people to discover and kind of binge and and, and learn about comic books you know stories and different things 
as they go. And that way people can get into comics. And if it means like I got like 10 people at one point super into comic books, then I've done my job. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, yeah, it's not meant to be like this popular show. It's meant to be a show for get people into comics. And that's all I care about is if it gets four or five people into comics, then I've done my, my work is done. Right. So. Exactly. Well, hey, that's that's. I mean, again, that's the reason you got me into podcasting too, was just kind of passing that that uh, wisdom along of like, do it because you love it. D- don't worry about anything else that comes from it. And it's so true. Like, mm-hmm. if you're meant to do that sort of thing, if you like talking, like, just go do it because it's so easy to do it. It the hard part is worrying about what other people think. And so, if you can mm-hmm. kind of just put that part away and just have fun with your friends talking about the things you love, that's that's the true win. And so, I'm I'm super excited to listen to your Doomsday Clock episode. I oh, just man. picked up the trade paperback from Amazon. There was a sale, and uh, I've never read it. So uh, I read the first issue when it came out, and I was like, "Oh, this is so sick! I'm gonna wait till it's all done." And you know, it took forever. <laughs> it took forever for it yeah. to get all done. So I was like, "Woo! I made a smart call." But so yeah, I, I bought the whole thing on the trade paperback. So I'm gonna read that. I'm gonna binge it just like you've asked, and I'm gonna listen to that episode and and I'll enjoy it. Oh, so man. again, thank you so much, Paul, uh, for comics and cinema. My name is Alex Klein, and you can find me on Twitter at a robots wink, and also on Instagram at a robots wink. Thank you guys all so much for listening and may the force be with you.